I think Ireland are going to have to carry three tens. Johnny Sexton, of course, you're going to have to carry a third ten. Mm. Crowley and Ross Byrne will go with Johnny. But one injury of those three, and Joey's then travelling. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Delighted to say that uh, four Irish officials have been named in the 26 uh, panel for of officials for Rugby World Cup 2023, and we're joined on the line by two of them this morning. Joy Neville, Andrew Brace. Good morning and congrats. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Congrats to you both. That's um, a, an amazing achievement. Is it something that you know is coming in the post, Joy, or is it landed on you? Ah, no, geez, nothing's for certain. I mean, you, you take nothing for granted um, amongst a lot of, of great competitors. And um, we obviously found out last week, and we had to keep it on the, on the, on the low. And um, I think it was a bit surreal. It probably still is a bit surreal. It's become a little bit more real now since it's been announced. Yeah. It's exciting. It's daunting. Um but yeah, it's a challenge I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly looking forward to. How did you find out? Uh, we, we each got a call from the referee manager, Joel Juche, um, who paused momentarily before he said, you're in or out. Uh, at that point, I said, he's Joel, I could kill you there. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because my, my dad passed away about three, three months ago and uh, he was always the port of call, you know, and anything rugby related. And immediately I said, it's just, I must ring dad. So it was, it was quite an emotional moment really yeah. for me. I'm sorry to hear that. I didn't know. And it was actually the next question I was going to ask you about the first um, call that you made. It's always those little sort of life events where you forget about it momentarily and then suddenly you're like, that would have been the call. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, my brother Ronnie was was next up, um, definitely next up in line in the, in the rugby front from a, a conversation between myself and, and Ronnie and Dad always. Um, so um, yeah, no, he 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 he, st- he stood up um, to the mark. So. Stood up to the plate, good. Um, I'm sure he's uh, smiling down with with the achievement that's in it, which we'll talk about in a little bit more detail. And on Andrew, for your uh, for yourself, uh, second rugby world cup, no more than joy. Was this um, something you knew was coming down the track, or you are waiting for that call? Um, look for for me, Shane. I similar to Joy. I'm hugely excited um, to be selected. Obviously, in 2019, I was I was only there as an assistant referee, which is a bit bittersweet. It's like being on the bench, I guess, as a player. Um, so you want to be there in the middle. And and for me, that was always the goal. Uh, Ten years ago, when I started out with the IRFU, um, like the goal was always to, to get to 2023 as a referee and. Uh, 2019 was was a, an amazing experience to to see that and learn from from other experienced referees, um, and yeah, now going into into France is is to be there in the middle is uh, hugely exciting one that I'm thoroughly honoured uh, and immensely proud of um, to represent the RFU on on that biggest stage and and to have that with such a strong representation from Ireland, as you said, with Joey, Chris and Brian, that um, is, is fantastic. So, yeah, it's brilliant for, for the four of us. Does it add a bit of pressure, Andrew, those those World Cup games as opposed to the other, the other games you referee? I'm sure from a referee's perspective, if you're not being talked about after the match, that's when you know you've had a good game. So uh, the hope is that during the World Cup, your name won't come up at all, I guess. Yeah, very much so. I think uh, we'd all agree that and it's not getting any easier. Um, that's for sure. And look, going into... Into the biggest uh, tournament in the in the world, um, you, you need to perform that. Obviously, the expectation is more than it's ever been, and and uh, and and for us, obviously, those big games. We've done a, a lot of big games recently, from Six Nations into into European 
knockout games into it back into URC. So we're at the business end of the season now domestically. Um, so for us then, obviously, to build into those uh, TRC World, World Cup warm-up games in the summer, um, we'll hopefully put a put a good uh, uh, marker there leading into into the World Cup around uh, consistency for us. Like obviously, myself and Joy and Chris and Brian are, are very used to working together as a team, and uh, yeah, that would be important to get that consistency going into into the Rugby World Cup. You won't know your games, I think, for a while yet, but will you get to stick together as a group? Is that the way it works? Or you just go into a pot and they sort of disperse everybody out as they see fit? Yeah, th- well, we know our warm-up games um, and the rugby championship. So myself and Joy and Brian and Chris, as I, as I, as I mentioned, uh, we're working together going into um, South Africa, Argentina, and then uh, and then go over to Argentina, work with Nika then to run touch. And then the warm-up games in August, so I think Joy is... Is going to be working as well in the in the Junior World Cup, um, and and then the warm up games then through the summer as well. So I, we don't know the, the the fixtures for Rugby World Cup, but they'll be announced in June when we get together in a camp in Toulouse end of June. Um, so yeah, you'd 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 hope that obviously that team will will work together leading into the World Cup, and to, as I as I mentioned there to, for that consistency that everybody wants. So that's important. Joy, it's not your first World Cup. You've refereed a World Cup final, so you're um, you're a veteran at that aspect of it. But the first woman to officiate at a men's uh, rugby World Cup, which is another incredible achievement, another hurdle down. Yeah, look, Adrian. I suppose um, I don't I don't particularly look at it that way. Like I'm, I'm delighted to to have been selected, but I'm I've always ever just. I suppose I've always asked to be treated equally with my male counterparts. I'm there to compete with the rest. Um, like I drop personally, drop a lot of tags and labels. And I think if you're if you're good enough, um, all I wanted to do was get there and merit through performances. And um, and you know, I suppose this opportunity kind of landed in my lap. I um, I had my baby boy two years ago, and as a result of being pregnant, I couldn't be you know active on field. So an opportunity to go into TMOing, and then it was quite evident that there was an, another opportunity then to get to the men's World Cup as a TMO. And you know, I, you know, I took, I, I took, you know, I saw it as a massive chance to, to get to a men's World Cup, and, and thankfully put the head down and worked hard, and um, thankfully got there. And do you know what the sweet spot is? I suppose for me, especially, is the fact that I was always competing with Brian McNeese. Uh, you know, the, the, I suppose the dialogue would have been that one or the other would go. Mm. Um, and now that we're rugby have chosen training this new bunker system, which means they, they upped the, the TMOs, the number from five to seven. And I'm delighted to be sat here knowing that my friend and I would both now go um, to the World Cup to, to support each other and, um, and you know, uh, enjoy that experience together. That's class. What's the, what is the bunker system? Um, have you seen it in the, the, the Southern Hemisphere at all? No. Are you aware? Um, so basically it's it's something that they've trialled down south whereby um, a referee sees foul play and would automatically, if they see it as the yellow card threshold, they give the yellow card um, and the, on, the on-field TMO then has eight minutes uh, to decide whether to upgrade that to a red card. Oh, or yeah. um, so in this case for the Men's World Cup, um, there will be on-field the, the on-field team ref two ARs and the the match TMO, and then uh, in another venue there'll be a bunker where there'll be um, a bunker TMO and a another like be another TMO or another assistant referee. So you know the, those those people are part of our group, and we we will decide then 
whether we upgrade that to a red or not. Uh, Joy, um, we were speaking there about how the game is not getting any easier and to referee and that position certainly is not getting any easier and Andrew touched on that there but from your perspective how have you how have you noticed that in the last number of years social media clearly is is an element that that plays into it as well there's ambiguity around a lot of the laws in rugby which makes it you know difficult for referees in the first place so how have you how have you found that progression in the last number of years in terms of i guess social media abuse and and the uh, the microscope being put onto referees performances yeah look it's no secret that the game is a great game you know it's completely down to the discretion of the referee's interpretation of what they're seeing and and that's why it's such an entertaining game but at the detriment of the of the officials uh, most of the time as you said adrian i think it was adrian that said um you know or no shane you said um all you, all you wish for is is um to come away with no attention on the referee whatsoever mm-hmm. and that is definitely what we try to achieve um you know as Social media, you know, in certain platforms, they can be such a benefit. However, sometimes they're the demon. Like, um, my biggest gripe would be that then the lack of accountability. Like, you know, the game has become more professional. Um, there's an awful lot more pressure on us. And what I don't kind of agree with as an ex-player and what I always saw was, as an ex-player, you'd knock on a board, you miss a tackle, and your, your pals would slap you in the back and go, come on, next one. And, and you'd, you'd have your post-match analysis, and there would be a room for error. But I think there's a completely unrealistic um, um, in, uh, view that the referees will get everything right. Like mm. We're human at the end of the day. We're going to make mistakes. And sometimes I think people need to be a little bit more lenient. But just back to the social media thing quickly. Um, for me, the sooner we make like the likes of Twitter accountable. So some, you know, you, you look to, to open up an account, you have to add a, um, a source of identification because... Whatever about Andy and I, and Andy has, you know, uh, many of these experiences also, like, um, we're, we're old and bold enough. We, we have had some sort of life experience. We're able to filter through the negatives and, and kind of, you know, highlight the positives for our own mental strength. But what I do worry about is young people and, and people with mental health issues, because it could just be one throwaway comment um, that, that the keyboard warrior and that could, you know, uh, push someone over the edge. And, and that's what I truly worry about. You have you have experienced a lot of this as well, Andrew. As Joy says that that England France Autumn Nations Cup final. I know you, you've spoken about this before, but the the uh, the death threats that you would have experienced and and just large scale abuse. I think you had a, maybe a pinned tweet about your about your dad who had passed away, and and people were were even targeting that and targeting other members of your family. So this is something you'd have experienced, unfortunately, as well. Yeah, very much so, uh, Shane. I think look. I, somebody once told me, like, if you put yourself out there, then you take the bad with the good. Um, as Joy has mentioned, alluded to, I think that um, that doesn't make it right. Um, however, I think that's probably the society that we're in now. People can um, make comments and, and jump on a, on a tweet or a comment um, about performance. And, and that's fine. Everybody's entitled to an opinion. And when it crosses that line then and becomes abuse, then I think that's... Uh, that's what we don't want, and we have to take a strong stand, uh, stance to that. Um, like, obviously, yes, I suffered there three years ago in the England-France game, but for me, the way I look at it, it's, it's been very cathartic in, in terms of that I can, I've moved on from that now and um, and not to have that that clutter in my mind just to be overthinking, oh, what are people thinking about my performance then? Um, and just actually focusing on the game itself has been, as I, as I mentioned, has been very cathartic for me to to move on and really focus going into 2023. And and to be honest, like I was probably 
overthinking everything around selection and my uh, versus my performance and um and for me that was just having a negative impact then on on the actual game itself because I wasn't uh, focusing on myself and controlling um what I can control enough to be accurate when it matters and um and I think that's the temperament that we're all chasing really yeah like it's such um High pressure moment, that thing, like I think back to the Ireland-England game in the Six Nations and a key decision has to be made and there's a lot of deliberation over it. And there's a very clear directive from everybody involved in rugby about protecting players and particularly around concussion protocols. So that's the overarching approach. But within that then things start to get a bit grey, which is why you have obviously referees and assistant referees and TMOs having those uh, long, deliberate conversations on the pitch. And as you say, Joy, maybe there's a new system going to come into place that might sort of remove some of that. But can I ask you both, just before we wrap your experiences or insights on that process of being on the pitch, there's like 30, 40, 80,000 people looking at you and you're aware of like millions of more people looking at home and listening to every single word you have to say. That's We, we uh, in the stands and as media... And as you know, pundits tend to look at that in a real cold sort of like, you know, uh, you get judged really harshly, really quickly and not always the uh, bad social media stuff, but just like genuine reaction to it. Can I ask both of your uh, insights and uh, thoughts around that process? Okay, I leave, I leave Andy elaborate in a minute. But before I do so, uh, Adrian, you, you spoke about the pressures of the... the the, the crowds in the stadium, but it's more the pressures of Johnny Lacey, our coach, on detail, detail, mm-hmm. detail. So when you really? talk about communication, <laughs> that was the first thing that came to mind. So that's a shout out to Johnny. <laughs> He's a stickler for, for that's probably why we're, we're, we're sat where we are, to be honest. Um, for me, I, it's just about, and it's, it's learning from experience. Sometimes you allow the externals filter into your mind and and you start focusing on other things instead of what's in front of you and I think as you gain experience you learn to completely block that out in order to be in the moment in the here and now to be able to concentrate solely on, on the decision that needs to be made but I leave I leave Andy um, elaborate more because he's he's you know he's in front of uh, massive numbers uh, a lot more than what I would be yeah, I just think from from my perspective, um, for us, we talk a lot about getting what matters, Shane. So, like myself and Jordan and, and Brian, who, who are working with a lot in that in the box, is is so key and critical. You have that strong relationship between ref and TMO, and thankfully, myself and Joy and Brian have that, and we get on really well and close friends, and that and that really helps understanding each other, understand the relationship of what I want, what Joy or Brian wants, what I don't want. Um, because at the end of the day, when you get to a Rugby World Cup, it is about getting what matters and what everybody is talking about, because that's absolutely key. It doesn't matter whether I ref the scrums uh, well, but uh, but I fail to get that big decision right at the, at the end of the game, um, and miss a forward pass or a knock-on that leads to a try. So it's a great, great decision-making for me isn't always about chasing that best decision. Um, and yes, we know the expectation is more than it's ever been before, but for me, I, I like... Like from my perspective and my team, like I can't be accurate if I'm desperate. So, um, for like I'm like for me, I, I want to try and be as calm enough to be myself going into into this World Cup and control what I can control. Um, like we talked a lot going into European games of late of of really nailing those big decisions when they present themselves. Um, and at the end of the day, that's what that's what matters. That's what we're all talking about now in the game. Because um, as we know, it's full of grey. We can always find a different decision between 
break down and set piece. But um, and thankfully, we've been supported immensely by the RFU of putting those foundations in place since we've gone full time six years ago. Um, for for me to perform at my best, then when I come to this um, tournament in in September, so um, and like that comes from like quality S and C, nutritional support, you know, sports psych now with Kevin McMenamin introduced. All of that is going to be hugely important for us to perform and be successful when when we when we when the tournament kicks off in September. Yeah, well, listen, we wish you the very best. The uh, best thing I can say is, like Shane said earlier, we hope we don't hear anything about you during the World Cup, and we also hope you don't get the final. So that's uh, <laughs> that's where we hope that. But listen, congrats. It's a great, uh, great story, and we uh, wish you the best of luck. Joy and Andrew, thanks a million for jumping on. Thanks a million, Adrian. Thanks, Shane. Cheers, guys. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.